0: We've got a guest on today who's been on before, Menki Steenbergen. Now, last time she said to achieve big dreams, you must take lots of little steps. And I think where Menki's come to within her journey with horses, um, she's taken lots of little steps. She's a veterinarian, but she's also a riding instructor. And now she's dabbling in technology. So she, if you have a look at IPOS technology, that's IPOS technology.com. You'll see what she's been up to there. If you haven't had a listen to her before, go back, have a listen, um, number 628, and get to know Menke a little bit more. And today we're going to be talking about 10 benefits of measuring your training efforts. How are you, Menke? Hey, how, how are you? Yes, thank oh, very you. Very <laughs> well. Very well, Menke. Thank you. Before we start, I just want to have a quick chat to people to let them know that if they want to work in the horse industry and they're not sure where to start, then have a chat to our friendly team at International Horse College with a wide variety of horse courses from the complete beginner through to the qualified professionals and students in other 20 countries. We'll be able to consider your individual requirements and guide you in the right direction. Simply go to internationalhorsecollege.com now, to start the conversation, registered training organisation, 31352. Now, Minky, this benefits of measuring your training efforts, it's pretty important. Even a horse for pleasure that we're just riding on the weekends, we still want to know what they've been up to and, you know, if something affects them the next day. We want to be able to go back and know about the sort of training efforts, you know, right through to having sort of racing horses and three-day eventers. So um, I think this is a pretty important one. And, And you being an instructor as well as a vet, I think you're the ideal person to talk to us about it. Yeah.
1: Well thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. It is it is important to actually like like get to know what you're actually asking of the horse.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Understand. Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: Now, if we've got to know how fit our horses should be, how are we going to know how fit they should be? You know, I might say, Well, my horse is fit because he's not fat, but he might just be underweight and skinny. You know, how can we tell if the horse is going to be fit? What are we looking for?
1: Well, well, the the first thing actually to recognize is that it's it's uh, very hard to know because uh, we're on top of the horse and we know that horse riding for riders ourselves is it is not that intense as it as it is for the horse. Mm-hmm. So um, basically, your your feeling about how intense a training or or whatever you ask of the horse, your feeling about it, it is probably not the same experience that the horse is having.
0: So that yes. is, I think, the
1: first thing to acknowledge,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and so that is also why I think it's very important to get more uh, objective measurements in place to know what is it, what it is that you're asking. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, and then the second thing is that it is very different, as you were saying, like for a recreational horse, it is very different from uh, what we are asking from a three-day eventer, and there's nothing good or bad or or better. For or on any of those occasions, it's just good to acknowledge. Um, and if you want to know what you are asking of homework, measure the end result. So mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm.
1: how fit how fit your horse should be, it is yeah. actually what what you want it to be. Okay. But know what the end result should be.
0: Okay, so they should be fit for the purpose that they're right. intended for, which I suppose even means like a broodmare, doesn't it? You know, a broodmare, a fit broodmare has to be fit to be able to give birth. Is that correct or not? Or have I got that wrong? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And okay. you have different different demands from a mare than uh, from a competition horse. Yes. Yes.
0: Definitely. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Now, we have to keep track not just of the intensity of the training. So if we talk about intensity, you know, we could go out for a, two hour trail ride and you know, all day trail ride. And it's not going to be the same as some very solid work in the arena and especially if we then went out and did some work around a gallop track or something. So we might only do that over sort of forty five minutes as opposed to all day. So the intensity of training would have to be fairly important, wouldn't it?
1: Right, right. So in an ideal world, I think uh, we should all actually uh, train every day with heart rate monitoring on the horse.
0: Okay, so, okay.
1: So that we have like more an objective insight in, in the intensity and then you see the heart rate go up and you see when the horse gets into the red zone huh? and and we know that we don't want to overload horses in that red zone. But the um, reality is that uh, only a little, uh, a few riders train with um, heart rate monitoring. So we thought we should get an alternative in place. Yes. And, yes. Um, so, so we translated the, the the average heart rate increase per gate. Huh? We know that there's an average heart rate increase in trot and an average in canter. and so we 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 actually translated all the minutes that you spend in that gate, mm-hmm. and we calculated we calculated an intensity based on the minutes you spent per gate. And so well, we were taking a couple of shortcuts there because we know uh, there's variation between horses, and there's variation in in like, for example, the exercises you train or the surface you train on. But I think still monitoring the minutes you spend per gate, Can give you some sort of an insight in how intense that training was for your horse.
0: Yes, yes. I suppose with a heart rate monitor too, you'd know if the horse is finding it hard. You know, like if the horse is going to come down with um, he's not well, you could probably pick it up a bit sooner on the heart rate monitor than what you might find the next day.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You you can even see if a horse has a hard time going on the right the right circle instead of the left or yes you find out way more you find out way more but yeah so mm-hmm. it, yes definitely heart rate monitoring give you give you more information yep. um we wanted to fill that gap in between people riding with heart rate monitoring or not knowing anything at all and mm-hmm. we thought it might be a good idea to at least keep track of the minutes you spend per gig
0: in order to tell
1: you something about the intensity and also in relation to the days before and uh, comparing it with other riders. Yeah, and this is with
0: the training application, isn't it? Because it's on the website, the iPostechnology.com website, that you've got a training application. I've actually downloaded that training application and um, there's quite a lot in it, you know, and and I have used another one. I've got to say this is a bit superior than the one that I've used. It's got the training you know, it sort of goes through, it's got logbook, what the trends are over time, profile, and you can actually have it for a few different horses as well. So, you know, I think that's – it's something we'll talk about, I think, is the is the application because I think that's probably something that everyone can do and it's free and there's an upgrade. Is that right if you want more intense information?
1: Right, right. So, there, you can request for a membership and yep. um – well, let me say just just uh, put in the uh, the blog and uh, that you heard about us, and then I'll give your members the free uh, membership also to try out all the features. Okay. Yep. Yep. And I think the most important one is actually the analyzing of trends over time, because yes. uh, you you just put your phone on the board and then you measure the intensity of the training. Mm-hmm. But I think the the most important one is to analyze the intensity over time. So. Um, just like in heart rate monitoring, you would require 21 days of measuring to actually know a little bit about the uh, level of fitness that you're at with your horse. Yep, yep. Yep. Yep.
0: Okay. Now, just going back to the intensity of the training, tell us a bit about overloading and how we can prevent it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, first of all, I, I uh, have a background in veterinary medicine and yes. um I thought um, it is It is sometimes hard, as I was saying in the introduction, it's hard to feel what actually the load of the training is as a rider because mm. you're not the one actually performing. Whereas if I go to a gym and I do my workout there, the next day I will for sure know how heavy that training from yesterday was. And so the horse is experienced the same thing, only now he cannot say that he has sore muscles or actually something uh, that he thought the training was a little bit heavy. So we have to actually be very cautious and very aware of uh, what we have been doing the day before. Yeah. And I think um, a lot of issues, right, if we look at the tendons in the lower leg or at the muscles, especially in the back of the horse, um, we see some uh, some serious damage there because um, of a um, issue with the with the loading, eh? with the mm-hmm. gradually building up of the training uh, effort. So getting the right muscles in the right place is very yep. important, eh? the top line of the horse and, uh, and making it strong enough to actually do what you want it to do. Eh? We, we go back to number one. Eh? <laughs> yes. Know what, what the fitness of your horse should be. Where does it need those muscles very specifically? and uh know how how much you are actually asking of him. And then uh yeah. I think overloading is uh is is something that happens a lot and it is not necessarily damaging the first day. But if you overload worse a little bit, but you do it every day on a specific muscle or tendon, then you get this micro damage that over time if you if you micro damage a tendon long enough, it will actually go uh tear or injure or uh, even worse, lameness. Yeah. So, um, okay. yeah, we okay. have to make sure to prevent that. and we have, I think we have to do more to actually know what we're doing.
0: Yes, yes. Okay. So, and I know that you said, you know, look at the trends over time, but if we're going to do it responsibly, how can we build up our, the strength and stamina responsibly then? What tips have you got there? <laughs> yeah.
1: So yeah, then we're going into the physiology of training, and um, uh, research is fairly slim. If you look at the horse physiology, actually, like giving you exact training schedules, like very practical. But there is uh, a lot of research being done, for example, by Hillary Clayton and uh, and others, that actually give you some pretty useful guidelines on how to build up this uh, this load. And they in in literature, they call it progressive loading. So you have to do it gradually. And uh, in general, the rule would be to not increase your training intensity with more than 10% per week. And start measuring it because 10%, it doesn't tell you anything because we do everything by gut feeling. So 10% (laughs) is a lot. No, we don't know. (laughs) And that's the fact. We just don't know. But 10%, I can tell you, it feels like not a lot until you start going to the gym yourself (laughs) 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 um, so then okay so take 10 percent extra every week and then another rule of thumb you might want to keep in mind is that um we have actually three uh, distinguishing um let's say factors over this training you have the uh, frequency of the training sessions per week. Uh, you, you might say I do a training every other day, so that would mean like three or four times a week. Sure. Yep. And then you have the duration of the training, which could be um, I'm training for 40 minutes per session. So now we have three sessions of 40 minutes a week. And then you have the intensity of one session. Um, which in our case might mean an intensity of uh, 40. Start measuring if you don't notice. Mm -hmm. Um, And then if you want to increase the load of the training responsibly, only take one of those three factors. So don't start training more often longer and intenser because that will for sure uh, cause an overload. Only do one of the three. So for example you say I will do an extra session So instead of three sessions a week, you take four, but you keep everything else the same. The duration and the intensity of the session stay the same.
0: Okay. Okay. Now that makes
1: sense. That makes sense. Yeah. For sure. And then if you increase one of those items, then uh, you do that for one week, and then you consolidate the next week. Don't go increasing another factor. Consolidate, stay at the same level in the second week. And then only in the third week, you will increase, for example, the duration of those four sessions. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's some some science behind that and and, uh, experience from uh, researchers and horse riders that that you have to actually know what you're doing, especially because you cannot feel in your own body what you have been doing. Yes, yes,
0: yes. So, I need to interrupt this chat for a hot off the press notification, that is that the latest version of the book, 101 Careers in the Horse Industry, is now available, and the best news is that it's a free download. So if you work in the horse industry, if you have a plan to work in the horse industry and have a career in the horse industry, or if you know someone who plans to have a career in this fabulous industry, then this is an essential book for you to read now and then keep as a reference as you progress through your career. With over 100 jobs to choose from, you'll probably find at least one that you'd happily do without being paid. So simply go to internationalhorsecollege.com, scroll down to the bottom of the page, and click on the 101 careers in the horse industry button to receive your free career book. Imagine... Maybe one day you could be a guest on horse chats now i 'm thinking about you know we talked a bit about um, fitness, and we're looking for the muscles. but if we talk about growing muscles on our horse, you know if we is right. it, are they really growing or are we building them up? Tell us a little bit about that
1: yeah, so um in my experience, I see very um enthusiastic horse riders, especially if you only have one horse, it is. Yeah, it's your hobby, it's your life, it's your dream, you have this ambition, and 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 basically you want to do everything for this horse and to make it happen. And building muscle is one of the important uh, things you want to achieve for your sport. Only you can actually deteriorate the muscle if you go too fast. And um, sometimes you see these very lean horses and... Um, you think where is the muscle going? Why am I? Why is this horse not building up muscle? And um, yeah, I think uh, having this knowledge of the physiology of the horse, huh, of the physiology of, of training, actually um, helps you to to build it up um, better. And uh, we'll, we'll uh, in the next topic we will show you how actually you can do this more responsibly and what is important for those muscles. Okay. but knowing physiology is, is one thing and then i just want to say that besides having this insight in training intensity also the feeding of the horse is very important.
0: Okay. Okay. Yes, it's almost a subject in itself isn't it?
1: Right, right. We will be we will blog, certainly yeah. <laughs> yes, certainly talk to you about
0: that in the future i think minky. But
1: but having the right muscles yes. the right muscles in the right place it is is crucial for keeping your horse sound.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: and perform, of course.
0: And you talked about the physiology of training, and we want to – is it like we need to train the horse in our own discipline? We want to improve our own discipline? Because you talked about the top line of the horse, you know, like how important is it to work the horse within their own discipline?
1: Yeah. So, so yeah, so there's this – this um, the discipline that you want to compete in, that yes. is one topic. Um which uh, which makes it very different from the type of muscles that you want to have on the horse and the the location of the muscles. You can you can imagine for a jumping horse you would like to have like big fat hind uh, legs to actually do that lift off. And for a uh, endurance horse you might want to have more stamina and uh, like type one muscles that can last for a long time. Mm-hmm. And those horses might look more lean, but they're actually very good in uh, keeping up a um, a rhythm for a long time. So, yes, So it depends on the discipline that you want to compete a horse in or, or recreational or use a horse for. Yep. Um, but it also has to do with your own discipline. So acknowledge that it is not just you that needs to be fit and it is not always the fact that you have to train six days a week for 60 minutes which is also a discipline in itself. <laughs> but You have to sometimes also restrain yourself from training and make sure that you're doing the right things at the right time. Okay. And it, not, it doesn't always mean to train more or more heavy or every day. Uh, I know a lot of riders, they, they go every night to their horse and ride every night for an hour, which is not always the good thing to do. So have have the knowledge and the restraint to do the right thing at the right time.
0: I suppose that's when we're going to bring in the variation into the training. Is that right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. You're, you're a bridge maker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you could you could say like I talked a lot to a, a high level trainers as well, and they actually they find out that training less is sometimes more for the mm. horse. And they don't mean that they have more, less time. They spend less time with the horse. Movement and and, and low uh, intensity movement is still a very important factor for the horse during the day. But what they mean is that their discipline specific trainings, uh, they do less of. That might mean that they only do one uh, specific training every four days, and that the horse actually uh, only has two intense training a week. And then in the days in between, they have to do recovery training or they make fun. They give the horse also some mental recovery and they give them something else to, look, to, to, to think about. For example, doing a hack outside in the woods, which often a hack is, is intense for a horse because it also introduces a stress factor. But it is also some variation. Mm-hmm. or do a walking in, with the horse only in walk for two hours on a straight line, on a hard service. You can you can go out into the woods and not even do a trot, which is something else that you have been doing, but it is variation. Think about yeah. uh, riding, doing a jumping course. If you are, uh, for example, a dressage rider, that's very good gymnastics for the horse's back um, and vice versa, of course. So I think um, we are too much doing the same thing over and over, and um, Mm -hmm. your creativity basically is the limit. Um, And if you have two very disciplined, specific trainings a week, that is more than enough to build those uh, muscles. Okay, okay.
0: What about then rest days? How often is that like once a week or once every four or five days? How often should we... Have I won't say, uh, yeah, because some people might say, well, my horse has five days' rest and I ride it once or <laughs> twice. But, but you know, to do with fitness, is it how often should a horse have a day's rest or how do we know when they need the day's rest?
1: Yeah, yeah. So then I, I'm assuming that you want to increase those muscles, right? So mm. there's nothing wrong with, um, with having like Quiet days uh, for the whole week. If you if you don't want to increase the muscle or fitness of your horse, then it's fine. You can do like recreational rides uh, the whole week long. Eh? There's nothing wrong with that. Yep. Um, with rest days, by the way, I do not mean to keep the horse in a stall for 24 hours over okay. the day. Okay. So a uh, rest. Uh, I mean, rest days is in between those uh, discipline-specific trainings. So let's say on Monday you have a uh, show jumping training. Now you're really pushing it. You're going for the uh, just a little bit higher jump, a little bit more like on, on, on the specific muscles that you want to train on your horse. The, fa- the, the question is, when can you actually introduce another one of those discipline-specific trainings uh, and not overload your horse? That is the question. Okay. So what we have done in the application as well is that we measure the intensity of that training, a discipline-specific training. We compare that with the average trainings that you have been doing for the last twenty-one days, and this is based on the the, the work that has been done with heart rate monitoring. So if we know what you've been doing for twenty-one days, we can estimate how heavy that specific Monday training was. For this horse, you okay. can imagine if it's if it's young horse and you have been training a little, uh, a similar training might uh, appear more heavy to that horse than when you have a ten year old, very uh, uh, experienced and 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 fit uh, show jumping horse. For him, this training might be hmm, even below his uh, fitness level, his his average. So yep. knowing. The intensity of one training in relation to the history of that horse can actually tell you something about how intense, relative intense, that training was. And so, if you if you do a calculation on that, uh, compare the intensity with the average, you can mm-hmm. say, hey, um, we even divide it for you. So it is the intensity divided by that average, and we call that average we call it your fitness level. Yep. And then you you get a um, ratio. And it will tell you if, if if you have a intensity twice as high as your fitness level, you might want to have two days of rest afterwards. So okay. that means on Monday intense training and two days of recovery training. Don't mm. put it in a, in a stall for the whole day. <laughs> he yeah, still yeah. giving the movement. He needs free movement in the paddock. He needs like uh, social contact for the during the day with other horses. But you also need to do recovery training. And with that, I mean uh, flexing the muscles, keeping him subtle, doing variations in your training, and actually giving those muscles the the time and the blood flow to um, recover and okay. grow. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah,
0: no, that makes sense. I think the way that you've explained it there, um, it'll change. It's not just yes, your horse must have one day off a week. And as you said, if they've had a really intense time, yep. you might have two days. So you've yeah. really you've got to look at the horse, and the horse will tell you. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. And and the good thing is, we will not know. You don't feel it in your own body, but yes. uh, it might be four days even. It is. It's mm. not uncommon to have like for for a three or four days recovery after a heavy training. Okay. Um, okay. The thing is, now we just don't know. Mm. So we have to mm. we have to organize our um, information better.
0: Okay. Okay. Now, if we're going to compare how fit our horse well is with others, you know, because we might have a few in work, or we might want to compare with our friend's horse, or we might right. even want to compare with earlier in their training and how fit they are now. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. What's the best way to do that?
1: Well, first of all, I wanna I wanna uh, stress the difference that I I have been seeing between mm. riders. So yep. there's always in this, in this competition, right? You're in show jumping, sure. and then you have the the last fence, and you go like, oh, the the pole sure. came up came down. Oh, bad luck, bad luck. I don't think so. so sometimes it has to do with luck but maybe there's something else going on how are those riders training the ones that actually end up at the first uh, uh all the time you know and the same goes for dressage how how are they how are they training what are they doing different and so with doing a lot of measurements over the last years i've found out that there's indeed a lot of difference between how people train and how much people train and how intense and how they build it up and I've found that um, if I have to make some general comments over there, eh, compared yes. with others, which is very general, I think something that top riders do very well is that they don't get their horses in the red, let's say. And so even a competition for a horse trained at high level, it is easy peasy. It is what they have been known to do. It's very common for them. Mm-hmm. I've even heard like uh, top riders saying that they will just take the horse to a competition every weekend. I said, but you have 20 20 horses here. Yes, he says, I take them all every weekend. And they don't even need to compete. I just put them in the trailer. I take them to a Mm, competition site. I train Mm. them. I do a couple of jumps. And then I put them back in the trailer. It is not even... It is about getting them used to everything and getting them at that intensity level that we require so that... Remember, I'm saying like this 21-day measuring that then you know what you actually have been doing for the past 21 days so this is what your horse is accustomed to if that is something completely different from what you're asking at a competition so come back to point one know how fit your horse actually needs to be to in order to compete um yeah you cannot expect the horse to win if if it is like over what he it is way over what he's been used to Mm. so Mm. Compare with others. Uh, the application will also provide uh, some more information in the future. Huh? But um, I think it is it is it's good to know that there's a lot of difference at the moment, and that yep. actually um, it is important. It is also a distinguishing factor in who actually is the most fit. Who arrives the most fit will also probably uh, win at the end.
0: Yep. Yep, yep. Now,
1: I I think...
0: (laughs) Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I'm just thinking, you know, we need technology to assist us, Benke. We've got, you know, I can remember when I was doing, you know, venting and doing three days and we didn't have, you know, we we would take the temperature pulse respiration, but we'd sort of do that, you know, either in the middle or at the end of the training or something. We, We didn't have the heart rate monitors. We didn't have the apps. We didn't have all of the stuff we've got now, and I know as because technology will keep changing and it will keep getting more and more rapid, but the technology we've got now that can measure all that, the IPOS training app that I know, mm-hmm. you know, you go to the App Store or I don't know if it's the same on, on the Google Play Store, it's um just iPad, IPOS app, I think it was called, um, just right, ip right. IPOS app. Is that, you know, I'm thinking the technology. Do you want to tell us a little bit about the app and about how that can – Help us, you know, so that it's yeah. beneficial to measure our training efforts.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think we've been talking about it throughout mm, the uh, mm. the topics, but um, yeah, it's it's funny we call it ipos because the Greek they called horses ipos, uh, oh, actually ipos. with a little Okay, stuff. okay. Ipos. no, no, yes. no, it's okay, that, that's how the Greek. Called horses, mm, mm, and it's mm. funny to see how little has been has changed over the years in in training horses. It's still very traditional and ancient. So we'd like to refer to the Greek ipos uh, and their knowledge, but bringing the whole industry into the twenty uh, first century now, and uh, and that's why we actually just extracted one p and that it, and it became ipos. Um because I think, yeah, uh, we are in this age and technology can just help us. It will never replace uh, the good insights from instructors and, and keeping an eye on your horse and actually seeing what is going on in the horse. Mm. So we never say just rely on technology, but it is an aid and it can help you make more educated decisions and more data-driven decisions in in actually managing and, and training your horses. And so we have the application we're building on uh, rain sensors that actually measure the, the communication between the horse and the rider. Um, as I think that is also some of the skills very important to master, uh, how you communicate with your horse. And so yeah. we actually are combining the application with rain sensors later on this year. I mean, technology, it, sometimes people uh, are a little bit afraid of it, and it will definitely change how we are training, and it will uh, give you... In, it will all of a sudden give you data and numbers so hey if I if I'm talking about intensity of training I can tell you oh my training has an intensity of 35. how was your training mm. and so at first you have to like blink your eyes and you go like, I, I, I don't even know I don't even, I don't know what is the intensity so yes, it will require some diving into and um, and well, yeah, uh, experience. It's a new experience, but I think yes. for sure it will change the uh, the dialogue around the training. Oh,
0: and, and, and definitely, you know, and as you say, you're not going to not use your vet, not use your instructor, but it's a great support, right. great, you know, just it's a compliment, isn't it? You know, it just complements yeah. everything else that you're doing. Yeah. yeah. And I think, you know, to our listeners too, a challenge for today would be to download that app. <laughs> I don't. up. a challenge. Yeah, not not a challenge. It's more of a to do list. You know, it's like, will I have time to do this? It's a bit challenging if you're technologically challenged, I suppose. <laughs> but you right, know, it's yes. it's something that um, it will.
1: Yeah, do it. On. Well, we're on yep, our phone yep. anyway, all the time. Yep, so just go yep. to the app store, download iPods, have a go, yep. and uh, you can just put the phone on your horse. It will measure the gates. Yes. Um if you if you like a membership just apply for a uh, okay. free trial membership and I'll, uh, I'll we will we will actually give some, give away some of those uh, free memberships yeah okay. And
0: just mention the podcast as well and and mentioned yep. that uh, Menke talked to you about it today. Now, if people would like to contact you, is the best way that the IPOS technology or IPOS, IPOS com? is that the best way? Because there's a contact page on that Indeed. website. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can just, yeah
1: indeed, just yeah. leave a message, and um, we really look forward to collaborating with uh, all parties in the horse industry. Mm-hmm. So, if you have any ideas, we're, we're building a team of engineers, software and hardware engineers that okay. is here to last. So we're not done yet. So this is something we will keep on growing, and we will. We have lots of ideas on how to move forward as well. But yes. uh, we really like to be inspired by the community so uh yeah. help us out give us tips and tops and um yeah and we we love to collaborate also so, with other you. technology developers or anybody that has ideas in in how yeah. this whole industry can move forward that is basically what we're here for
0: that would be absolutely wonderful. Absolutely, yeah. Minky, thank you for chatting to us today. We're uh, looking forward to chatting to you again, and I know that we sort of talked about – I'd like to to just talk a little bit more about the rain sensors, but I know you're going to come back and talk about feeding as well. So I just think I will um, catch up with you very soon in the near future.
1: Thank you. Yeah, thank that you. would be nice. Uh, okay.
0: Thank you also for this uh, this lovely chat. Thanks. No worries. Okay, bye.